0: You're listening to a new episode of Empathy Always Wins. My name is Ali Salama and um, I am so excited to be bringing you yet a new episode, a new week with a new guest. Uh, We're going to be talking about men's mental health today and we have a very special guest. But before we hop into today's show... Yesterday was a huge day, guys. I don't know if you guys have been following our work on LinkedIn and Instagram, but we just launched the Middle East North Africa's first online podcasting school at Empower. The Empower, podcast, the Empower Podcasting Network Sorry, just released the Art of Podcasting School. And if you guys kind of um, know, we are developing an app at Empower. And we are developing a content hub app that has video, audio, long form and short form written content. And when it comes to the audio space, well, it's not just music, it's podcasting. And I've always been a fan of podcasting and we want to empower creators to create their own podcasting so we can help have better content in the region i remember going to la going going to orlando podcast movement podcast or podfest sorry i spoke of podfest just quite recently but at podcast movement i met a guy who's called hernan lopez and he he was the ceo of Wandry. little did i know you know a few months later he sold his company 300 million dollars and i was just starting my podcast in my bedroom not knowing what the hell did i just you know do it in la And I figured out that there is so much power in podcasting, let alone the business side, that we need to empower young creators to take care of their narrative, just as what we've done here in Empathy Always Wins. So if you haven't tuned into The Art of Podcasting, please do, and I'm super excited because I'll be including the Empower Podcasting Network, links to the Facebook and LinkedIn group, so if you ever want to be a part of a bigger community of podcasters, you know where to go. It is sponsored in partnership by Microsoft for Startups and Podio. We're going to be releasing the Art of Podcasting course, the first course very shortly. So stay tuned as we share more details. But today we have an incredible guest by the name of Yaron Engler. Yaron Engler delivers 101 and group coaching programs for men who want to upgrade their life from good to great. He uses the crop cycle, which has been the foundation of his work around the world as a coach and a touring musician. Through his work, Yaron, has helped many men reduce significant levels of stress and anxiety in their life, creating a shift in their career into a more meaningful direction, having more time for themselves, earning more money and deepening their relationships with their intimate partners and children, becoming more fit, healthy, confident, and with all that, having more fun in their life. Also, Yaron is a professional drummer who has drummed in front of 500,000 people from all around the world. He is a summer cum laude graduate from the Berkeley College of Music. With that being said, let's hop into today's episode with Yaron Angler. Yaron, thank you so much for coming on Empathy Always Wins. Uh, it's been a week, I think, since we touched bass and had our first conversation and i was really really um i was really impressed by your 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 insight around masculinity um your vision for for men developing much more intimate yet connected uh, communities and you know I, I before we just hop into that i just want to get to know a little bit more about you like where did this all start and i know you have a great background in music and you toured the world and you did a lot of, lot of interesting things. So how did that radical change come about? And
1: yeah, what did you learn about yourself in that process? For me, the change happened in the first, um, first of all, thank you for having me here, my friend. (laughs) A Great conversation, the initial one we had, and I look forward to see what will unfold here. I I love what you do. I really love what you do and what you represent. And it's beautiful. Um, The thing for me with men started uh in the first workshop that I did, I went as a participant with john Wineland um who um I am someone who likes to explore myself i like i want to i want to discover things i want to to kind of bite life in the ass a little bit, you know like see what's going on here. And because a lot of times, you know, as you said, I I made a career being a musician, which is something that, you know, a lot of people told me not to do, told me to take a real job, la, la, la. But I somehow, my desire was stronger and it was an amazing experience. At some point, it was around when my children, my first daughter was born. I felt like it's time for me to change. And I went into a long period of plateau what I mean is like, there was, I couldn't find the mojo. I couldn't find like, what is it that really ticks me? And, and it's hard, especially I think for men, a lot of times it's quite hard to not have like a clear thing moving forward. And I think we are experiencing the big time and a lot of men who are quite lost. And for me, that was that kind of period until I came to that workshop. That workshop blew my mind. It was such an amazing experience to, spend time with other men where all the masks and all the bullshit and all the ego and all the competition is out of the door and we challenge each other, but from a very loving place. And, and, and we, we, we encourage each other and we support each other. And and the end of two days I felt completely squeezed, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all layers, it, it just felt like wow that's something that I really really love and since then you know I, that's it I committed to this work so I started to um, do John then created a men's group for us which was the first men's group ever that I participated in and we were very constant with it and then slowly I started to help him in workshops I became his assistant and then slowly I started to run these groups by myself and since then I've I've tried many different types of uh, groups. Th- that's the thing. There are things out there in the world, but unfortunately, it's nobody knows about it. And uh, for me, that that's kind of my goal to speak with you here and to speak wherever I can to let men know there is a space for you where you can find yourself. If I need to put it in the simplest way, find yourself and 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 find that life is challenging, is hard, but it's also Magnificent is the the word that comes to me, and 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 you can be supported. It requires courage, but you can be supported in ways that you right now most likely cannot imagine.
0: Yeah, I mean, like as you're saying all that, what comes to my mind is what do what do men support groups look like? I mean, I personally have never been in a, in a men's group. I've been in a support group, but I've never been in a men's support group can you walk us through the experience of of what it's like for someone that has never uh, ever gotten a chance to experience that that intimate uh, support group
1: within within the setting around men there are many ways that it's being done. You know, there are many organizations. There is the Mankind Project, which is a global organization who runs it in a certain way. I've been here in the UK. There is a beautiful organization called Band of Brothers, who they do things with young offenders. Really beautiful work. And there is the style of John, as I said. Uh, for me, after a few years of being in different kind of circles, um. I found that I I, I want to do it in my way so I can share with you the way I do it because that's... Absolutely, absolutely. Because again, if if my way doesn't work, it doesn't matter because there are other ways. That's what I'm trying to say, that there is no one way. It's the same as, you know, we're talking about the sports shoes. There are many, so it's like you have to find yours. But basically, I won't go into the details because the details don't really matter. But what it is, you enter a, a, a space with a small group of other men where everybody's fully committed to become better men. That means that we are committing to be very vulnerable, not because we want to be vulnerable, it's because we know that on the other side of that, we can create a much deeper connection with ourselves and therefore with other people. We agree that fear will be a factor of what we're facing, but we don't let it hold us back. And together, we're going to challenge each other into a a more powerful place for each one. Um, The men's groups that I run are very much based on my top values in life. So the top one is honesty. You will be required to be really, really honest and open. And and you're going to have to to be willing to be and receive a really honest feedback. That means that um, when you're too harsh on yourself, People will tell you, hey man, you've done great. Take a break, man. You just need to let go for a little bit. (laughs) And when you're bullshitting yourself and you tell stories and nobody, everybody can sense that it's blah, blah. People will tell you, man, I just don't trust you right now. And and what I would need to trust you more is, and, and you get really feedback that can really help you understand very quickly, what do you need to change? Why am I not trustable? Why do I feel weak here? a lot of times we we spend time by ourselves, men and women, not necessarily just men, but we spend a lot of time by ourselves in what I call mind masturbation mode. Mm. We just sit down and start to do wonky wonky with our thoughts. It leads nowhere. It just leads to overwhelm and frustration and more anger. If instead of that, all these thoughts, we share them in a space where we know that we are safe, then you know, people can react. You understand that you're not alone. You understand that you're not crazy. You understand that you're not lost. So you see that other men are, are are going through the same experiences. Now that sounds very dramatic and very uh, therapeutic, which is really not. That's the thing. It's not therapy because at the same time we do a lot of embodiment work. For example, what kind of men do you want to be? And you start to give us some information. So how would that man walk? How would that man breathe? How would that man relate to other people? How would that man stand and and do any little thing in life? And we start to build that, and that's quite fun. And we do some other things, you know. We we do it's it's kind of a combination of a lot of physical activities, embodiment exercises, meditations, conversations, and whatever is needed to help everyone become better men. Yeah, no, I, that's that's something that you know. The
0: more I get exposed to. You know, different organizations or different people working in the mental well-being space because I, I do believe that this is a very, very big um, component of the, the, you know, men seeking help within that space, and it's it's very refreshing because, as, as you said, there's no one fit for all, but I think there is there's so much power in community. So, I guess where I want to take this here is is how have you found um, how have you found community to, to, to transform people? Like just the power of community. Have you been in a, in a place, And perhaps I want you to take me back into the place where, where, where you yourself were transformed and how did that look like?
1: Oof, man, this whole life journey is a big journey of transformation, but, uh, I think Probably the thing that triggered for me the whole journey to, to, to go into this direction of self-discovery was um, I suffered from depression for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And since I was a teenager, um, I remember being in school, not understanding what I'm supposed to do. You know, like I saw my friends studying and, and learning for exams, and I just didn't understand because it was memorizing stuff. And I'm not someone who can memorize stuff very well. And, it, and back then, I, I thought, this is learning. Now I understand that the system is what it is. But back then I felt so bad and so much self judgment. So I had, I had suicidal thoughts. I had all these things were running around. And in the age, I think it was the age of 19, 20, um, my family recommended me to go to a psychiatrist and I went to a psychiatrist and he gave me pills, the easy solution. And I remember two, three weeks after I took those pills, I was like, fuck that, you know, I don't, I, I believe I can do it by myself. I don't need to put a chemical thing in my body. That was, I'm not saying that pills are wrong for everybody, but for me, it felt really, it wasn't right. And that triggered a very long journey of transformation, which I tried so many different things from psychologists to Greenberg method, which was an amazing experience for me, which helped me to release a lot of body pains and tensions that I had. And therefore the mind started to to heal as well. Um, so many methods and things. And I think that journey of constantly trying to discover more about myself, that's a massive step in transformation. I think another one was the fact that I lived in four different countries. Yeah. And uh, just like you, you know, it's, it's, that's probably one of the best lessons one can have to really understand by moving to a new place, to understand how much the way we feel is not really what we feel it's like we're being programmed to to act in a certain way based on what the experience around us is and i can give a great example about that um about grief i don't know if i shared this with you in the in the previous conversation no, but I think so. but you know i'm i'm from israel and in israel you know we have you know we are neighbors originally <laughs> and, and, and there is all this complex relationship but Israel, it, again, I remember we spoke about the whole Jewish, Israel, all these kind of things, but living in Israel, the the relationship to grief is very much of a victim. Mm-hmm. There is something very, very sad and, and very heavy. And the way it's going to be spoken in the news, it's about um, the poor man or woman that died and didn't celebrate their whole lives, they, it in the middle and the whole pain, really pain of the families, it's very much like a victim. And I always kind of make a bad joke about it. I kind of bring bad luck wherever I go. So then I moved <laughs> to the US. When I moved to the US, September 11 happened. Oh my. And then I was very surprised to see how a nation like the US. and um, Experiences grief in a very different because for me it was about being the, the, the victim, but in the U.S. it was all about the way it was projected in the press and everywhere was the heroes that died. It was all you know, very American kind of. They were heroes. They were not victims. They were heroes, and the whole images on TV and stuff were more. Of we are strong than we are victims, and that was like, wow, that's really interesting. And then I moved from there to Spain. Again, I breathe, unfortunately, bad luck wherever I go. When I moved to Spain, the, the bombs in uh, Madrid, in the station in Madrid happened, in the, station, in the train. And again, like a nation that experiences grief, but in Spain, there was something, not the heroes, not the victims, something very muted in a way. The, the, all the emotional stuff was inside. N- nobody really shows any, any external expression of emotion, which again, for me was like, wow, that's another way. And I just, that made me understand, this is really interesting. You know, for me, grief was that, this victimized thing. But actually, an experience of grief can be lived, let's call it, in many, many different ways. And and I could see that only because I lived in those countries. And, And that's just one example. You lived in different countries. You know how transformational this experience is. Plus, I've been touring also all over the world as a musician. So I had a lot of exposure to culture. I gave workshops in, in Japan, in, in different places, New Zealand, wherever. So you, you are really understanding how rich life is and how conditioned we are if we limit ourselves to believe that life is what we were shown and told. It has to be an individual quest. It can't be surrendering to what we were told that we're supposed to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and al- almost when you say this i th- i think of
0: you know an, an experience of being emotionally intelligent it's kind of like you know how do you see or how can you be in a room full of so many different looking people from race background ethnicity but still connect to every single person and i think when you when you have that when you're able to to have that experience in all different countries and see how people react and, and not be able to judge by just, you know, the physical, but by, by, but by knowing their backgrounds, you can have a little bit of an edge when you're, when you're just around people or making friends or just understanding um, others a little bit better. So, I mean, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit and maybe, maybe what I want to dive into with you right now is, is your crop method. I, I want you to talk a little bit about, um, a little bit about it, a little bit about how, how you came up with it and, and what is the crop method?
1: The crop method I created reflecting a little bit about how I work with my clients. Um, and it's kind of in a way something similar that I, the way I did workshops and, and when I taught drums back in the days where I did that, it was kind of the same thing. It, the idea is, you know, we all have all this noise in life of family and work and future and what am I going... To do? constant noise. The idea is how can we crop, how can you crop your life to what really matters to you? From all that noise there is one piece that is the most important. How can we find what that is so that you can start building your life on top of that? And, and, and the letters come from CROP. And it goes in in, in this order, the the C is cleansing and clearing. It relates very much to what I just said before. We are continuously being told what is true to us. We are continuously being influenced and and brainwashed in a way to live our lives according to something that is quite external to us. Um, And it's really, if I want to live my life according to my own truth, I have to disconnect from all that noise. And, and the, so the clearing has a few sections to it, for example, information. A lot of people, um, you know, including myself for many years, I had the choice and that's what I chose to, to read, to listen to, to watch things that are really causing damage for me. You know, the things that I, I continue watching the news, for example, every half hour, and it builds stress in the body. Um, the best example I give everywhere I speak is, is in London. When I lived in London, when you come into the tube, the Metro, they give you this free newspaper and automatically you just grab it and what will be the, the headline it will be corruption murder whatever <laughs> all the shit of the world and at some point i started to ask myself do i really want to consume that first thing in the morning or do i have a choice to listen to for example a conversation like what we are having right now to to inspire me to look more within myself instead of all this noise because there are good things happening in the world but nobody will put it on the headline of the newspaper you know yeah. so it's about filtering ourselves from all that. And, and again, that's the obvious one. There is a lot of unconscious um, information that we need to kind of go. That's in the third section of crop where we go to the observation. You start to notice how many hidden messages are all around, you know, because we're being told how our ideal holiday should look like. Women are being told how they should look like. We're being told to so many, if you just see how much information is, is, being pushed at us from, from just walking in the street or anywhere with publicity, with TV programs. It's like just watching a video on social media. You get ads. It's constant taking you out of yourself. So how can we create separation from all that noise? And it's a matter of choice in the end. You know, I don't have to watch this. I don't have to read this. I can choose something else. Um, then it goes to food. Just the same as information. You know, we're constantly being sold in supermarkets, in corner shops, basically salt and sugar in variety of beautifully colorful packages. They call it different names and stuff, but it's sugar <laughs> and salt, which is really bad for us. And mm-hmm. um, nobody really, you know, we have some kind of knowledge about what is good and what is bad. But again, A lot of times we're being told, this is healthy, this is not healthy, when we can't really generalize something like this. Because people have different body structures, people live in different climates, people have different DNA. There's so much stuff going on there that what's good for me might be very bad for you and vice versa. So it's it's about learning about myself, what is the good food for me and, and letting go, cleansing and clearing the food that isn't good for me. Mm. and so on S- same thing goes with environment you know if you just look around you and you see what's going on around my environment that is taking my energy the best example i like to give is we all have this nail in the wall you know a <laughs> screw something that is there for like seven months you've seen it and you you don't pull it but you every time you see this i need to pull this thing out it annoys me it annoys me this is an energy sucker and and until you don't pull it out and clear that thing It will keep bothering your existence. It's a small thing like this or bigger like this. You might be a very messy kind of person. So start just tidying up a little bit. Don't become a saint immediately, but slowly. One thing that you can do to make your environment healthier for you can be smells, it can be colors, it can be whatever. There are many items in the environment. Then it goes to emotions um, as well. We all have emotions that get stuck in our bodies, and we need to learn how to let them go. That relates to the embodiment work that I spoke about before. Um, I won't get into details, but but the last one is a big one that is hard for a lot of people, and that's people. Mm. We all have people in our lives that are holding us back, that suck our energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and, and this is a tough one. And, and so the whole idea is how can we slowly either separate and sometimes it's difficult because sometimes it's people within our family or, you know, people that it's hard to disconnect, but create at least find your way to create a healthy gap, healthy space between you and all those external influences. Once we do all that, all the cleansing and clearing, we can move to the R, which is reconnecting with who I am. Because I don't have all that noise around me. I can start naturally, your inner voice, your truth, will start to bubble up. You will connect with your intuition and with who you truly are. And once that happens, then we move to the O of the crop, which is the observation. From that space, you can start observing your how do you behave? What do you say? What do you think? What do you like, And you can start testing it better and ask, like, why am I saying this? Why am I doing this? And make better choices that are based more on who you want to be because you have much better clarity after you did the work before of who you are. And that's it. That brings us to the P, which I like to spend most time with clients. We did the cleansing and clearing. I reconnect with who I am. I'm starting to observe my life better. And then life becomes more like a play. It's no longer that heavy and Monday morning heaviness. Life becomes more fulfilling, exciting, and you can create much deeper connections with yourself and with other people. Wow.
0: That's the problem. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. No, that's... uh... That's a lot to take in, but I feel that it's, uh, in a way, it, it allows you to to reconnect back to that inner child, right? In a way, it allows you to reconnect and discover who that person, that little boy or that little person inside of you that, that almost got conditioned with growing up. Like, yeah, I feel that it, growing up is very difficult. It's very difficult in today's day and age where Instagram is is all over the place social media like you're definitely right we're being told targeted and and almost like a, a to to fit a certain agenda but I think you know getting a little bit more aware by making those conscious decisions such as um, you know the examples you gave us like the newspaper switching that into a podcast or just very simple minute things and, and that's really what I aim by like Having those conversations, it's kind of like if you take one thing walking out of this conversation and implement it into your life, then you've gained something. You know what I mean? So right. I really, 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 really appreciate you sharing that with us. But you know, on, on a final note here, I, I wanna I wanna ask you something, and I think that you know, you being involved with men in an, in in a very you know professional yet intimate yet developmental manner. What is one thing you would like to perhaps give as a piece of advice or as something that you would like our young men or even young women to help our young men enforce and enable um, moving forward and starting their lives? What, what's, what's one sort of hurdle many young men um, fall into or not end up knowing until they're like 40 that you wish they just maybe even were a little bit clearer on or perhaps put a little bit more effort into?
1: That's a beautiful and massive question. First of all, (laughs) I, I want to be humble. And what I mean is that I find it very challenging to understand your generation and, and people who are younger than you. I'm talking about people in their you know who are teenager and in their twenties. And you know that makes me feel old, but I'm fine with that. It's just that you guys have to um to deal with things that I don't know how I, how I could deal with them in your age in my age when I was then. You know all this social media and 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 this constant being plugged in is such a challenging time you know I've, I've done a lot of stuff so i feel like I, I i feel like i have more ground to grab into and i find it overwhelming sometimes to think what young people can do so i, I love the question but i also want to, to be honest with the fact that i can't really understand and this is why i love the conversation with you because i want to learn yeah i, I need to learn and i want to learn what's going on in young people's lives, because it seems to me really, really challenging, and it breaks my heart, you know, it makes me emotional to speak about it right now. Um, So my one suggestion, it's based on a guess, because I honestly don't know. Mm. But my guess would be that a lot of you feel, well, just like like me, you know, we all feel lost sometimes, we all feel like we don't know what the fuck is the meaning of this thing called life, and why am I here? It's a very overwhelming thinking. I believe that we all also have a deeper layer of a voice inside that tries to shout at us under all that noise who we really are and what is really true to us. Mm. And no matter how muted that voice is, even if it's on level 0.001, trust that voice more than anything anybody will tell you. Yeah. And and you know. Reach out to people that you trust. This is actually why I want to be involved in, in, in men's group. And again, I'm not. I'm, I, when I say that, I think women need this just the same. It's not like, but, you know, men have less spaces where we can go and share. So reach out, reach out to me. You know, if you have my, just reach out to me and, and I can direct you to something. You know, um, we spoke about Matt, your friend who is doing this amazing project. There are places that you can find someone who will listen to you give you the space and allow that voice that maybe is 0.0001 percent at the moment to slowly grow to half a percent a percent seven percent ten percent trust that growth much more than surrendering to things that you truly don't believe in that's the tip that i would give um I want to drop, I'm cheating here. I'm going to give a few other tips.
0: Yeah.
1: One of them is stop. Nobody teaches us how to stop. And especially, I think, again, your generation, and I, I hope I, I'm wrong, but it feels to me like your generation is even more constantly plugged into social media and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stop. Stop for 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Turn off everything that connects you to anywhere other than yourself. Yeah. And use that time to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Just do nothing so that you can again let go of that external noise. Just stop. Nobody teaches us how to stop. It's always about taking more, learning more, more, more,
0: more, more. I find that very hard. Like I I was just telling my my mom just yesterday like I'm after today's podcast, I'm going to relax. I, like that's something definitely you're hitting a very sensitive nerve here. I feel like yeah, like it's good to advance. It's good to do things, and it's good to be on a momentum. But most importantly, like you're right, you're absolutely damn right on point. No one teaches you how to stop, and sometimes, for me, like especially during this lockdown and this pandemic, you know, you're you're. I'll I'll just admit, like sometimes I'm scared to stop because I'm scared to just do nothing. You know, of course, because
1: because we, again, we're conditioned to think that doing is a good thing. Being busy—it's some kind of a tag that you need to own, like a prize. I'm busy as if it's a good thing. Life isn't about being busy. Life is about living. Yeah. And and, and, and we need to stop. And again, as a tip, if you find stop stopping, I mean that is the first step. Don't stop doing nothing, but just disconnect from the machines and every all the influences. Something that can help those who find it super hard to stop and to to relax. You know, meditation, for example, which is a nerve wracking thing for a lot of people to think about because like I can't do it. So, go to the other extreme first. So, go for like a crazy fast run for two minutes. Exhaust your body completely and then try. Yeah. If you take your body to one edge, it's easier to drop to the other one. So, you know, go to the gym or whatever. Just do push ups for a bit over your limit. And then you'll see that after that, you can drop a little bit deeper, hopefully. Yeah.
0: Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh I'll definitely I'll definitely take that into consideration, but like I I definitely feel there's a lot of power in um in getting connected to men that 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 unconditionally give you space, you know? There's a difference between oh, I can say men that love you and all that stuff, but no. What love is such a big word. Men that unconditionally are there um, to give you space and allow you to find that edge within yourself. I mean, that's, 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 that's what I always try to do when I'm around like my closest friends. And I, I mean, I'm an athlete, so I always use the word champ, like, yeah, yeah. Like keep it up champ and stuff like that. But I find that, you know, when we use those words, um, and like, I'm the type of guy that I, I, I find it easy to say, I love you, bro. Like, like, I find that to be very difficult for many other people, but I actually mean it. Like, like I, I definitely. The more I grew up, the more I realized: is, it, is it okay to say, like, man, I love you, man? Like, or am I just being over? And the more I realized why I am who I am, the more I, kind of realized the same message you're, 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 you're saying, which is, you know, unconditionally being there and and leading the way I think that sometimes you have to be that person that takes the lead in that circle and be okay that you're going to be different but that's who you are and 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 that's that that's what makes you you and, and and being comfortable in your in your own skin and I think that is the underlying message of 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 I think this conversation so yeah I just really want to say thank you and give you the floor here if you have any more anything else you'd like to add
1: Two things I want to add. One, regarding to what you said as as a men's group, as a concept where you can come and and get the support from people and feedback and all these things. It it is that, but know also that people will expect the same from you. Yeah. You you are going to be supported and challenged and people expect you to do the same for them. And that's where the power of it is. The other thing, I loved what you just said, you know, and I think there is no better example than you and what you create in this life and in this world. Thank you. you... Um, from the conversation that we had, you know, I understand that you you had your conflicts like me. You know, it's like all these conflicts, and how do I do it? But you're following your that that 0.001 in your case is way higher right now because you took the courage to listen to it, and you listen to it more and more. It's a practice, it's a muscle that you build. Do you know how your life will look like exactly in a year, five years, ten years? Absolutely not. But you have a vision, and you're going there, and it will twist and it will manipulate a little bit, and it will go, but. What you said, I feel, my friend, that you are, you stand by it 1 million percent. And that's super, super inspiring. And I hope and believe that it's, you know, if all the people that listen to your podcast will, will get that and start to boost their zero, zero point, whatever it was for them, percent and start living life according to your own truth. I love the example that you're setting, my friend.
0: Thank you so much Aaron. I I couldn't be more honored to to share this space with you and uh and keep moving forward together. This is this is why we do this. I mean, it's a, it's not a it, it it's a, it's a community and uh, I think all together we're we're just so much stronger together. So, thank you for coming on and I I was an honor having this conversation with you.
1: Absolute pleasure to me. Thank
0: you, my friend. I know it was uh you know when I was listening to this episode with you guys I was um thinking of quite a lot I think that not a lot of men do know where to go I mean including myself right like I find myself I'm recording this at 6.05 a.m and tonight maybe I didn't have a great sleep but it's okay I mean I think that the point that I'm trying to say is, we have to have different outlets. To me, creating this podcast is an outlet. You know, there's a reason why I never monetized it, and I think that, you know, I feel that it's a, a space that gives me that energy to heal. There is healing in creating, and there is healing in becoming. Uh, there is healing in connecting, and there is healing in just simply uh, expressing. Uh, I didn't write this down, I swear, <laughs> I swear. I just wanna say that, Yaron, it's absolutely great. I think it's great to be uh, human, to understand that it's not our parents' fault that they are who they are, or it's not our fault. It's it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to take action. And then, and I swore to, to myself one day that, you know, if I didn't like anything that ever happened to me, I wasn't uh, gonna wait, I was gonna take action. And I was gonna make sure that, you know, if I wanna be that father, I was gonna be that father at 22. I didn't have to be married to be, I didn't have to be, yeah, I didn't have to have a child to be a father. I was gonna be that father, and I am that father because I feel like I am that person that I wanna be because that is what I've put in every single inch of my last blood, sweat, and tear to become. And this is why I think that it's so important to be able to hear what you have to say in Yaron, And I'm just so honored because I think as men, we don't really get that outlet quite a lot. I think that, you know, I'm going I'm a very emotional guy, but I think that that competitive side of me often gets the best. Um, but, 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 you know, expressing feeling safe, feeling like you're heard, feeling loved, feeling loved is, is huge. Like, like, you know, I can count the three people that love me unconditionally and I would do anything for them. And some people would just do anything because they want something in return. And you feel that energy, but it's OK. You just have to know who to put your eggs into, your ba- your, your investment, your emotional investment into. Because at the end of the day, we are all here and we need to be loved, seen and heard. That means compensated. That means you know asked about how we feel that means you know being supported by just simply a friend who just stays silent whenever we just are going through something but they just can't do more than be there that is enough i think this is the message here with empower with empathy always wins with this movement is to just um adopt a more approachable human relatable um uh, approach to life and if there's anything i really want to say that you know strong men lift strong men up strong women lift strong men up strong men lift strong women up this isn't a gendered game this is a human game so on that note i'd like to say thank you so much for coming on up if they always win this has been a great episode can't wait till next week um, i'm working very hard to make sure that the art of podcasting course is coming out um, there's so much in the pipeline guys. I'm super freaking excited. We are doing it, man. We are doing it y'all. We're doing it. So thank you so much. And, uh, we'll see you guys next week. So on that note, um, please take care, please stay safe. And just remember
1: that in life and in business, empathy always wins.